What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Good News Cast. We are uh, recording this uh, because of all the craziness going on uh, right now. I was about to meet Jeff uh, at the office, and my wife rolled her eyes at me. And so I quickly found out, all right, let's try to record this thing over <laughs> over Zoom, free advertising, and um, yes. so that's what we're going to do. So uh, anyway... Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Yeah, there's Jeff's infamous Colin, uh, the way he always says um, hello to me only on the podcast. Um, hey, if you haven't uh, subscribed, uh, hit that subscribe uh, button, rate us, review this. You can find all episodes, iTunes, Spotify, um, on our resource website, goodnewsnotgoodadvice.com. Um, that's where you can, can find everything. So, uh, Jeff, how, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, how you doing? How am I doing? Actually doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, hold up here in my study and got my kids and my wife and I think there's good food coming in about two hours. So I'm actually doing really well. Uh, a home cooked meal. A home cooked meal. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Fun fact about Jeff's office that I learned when I was doing some of my testing for ordination was he has a private staircase that goes up to his office connected to his master bedroom. Yeah, this is like the Batcave, man. I hope that wasn't a vital piece of like doomsday preparation that I shouldn't have just shared with the world. <laughs> no, no, no doomsday. Uh, no, I love, yeah, I love my studies. Studies at the house. I don't study at the church. It's impossible. And um, all right, let's talk about before we hit uh, record, uh, we we're kind of discussing sin in the Christian life. Um, you and I know we, we talk a lot about about sanctification and the grace yeah. of God, obviously a huge topic, huge theological topic, justification. Uh, how are we justified? How are we made right with God um, in Christ alone, by the grace of God alone, through faith alone? Um, but there is... Um, seems to be a, a huge void out there uh, in terms of teaching and resources and clear thinking, clear biblical theological thinking about sanctification. Yeah. Sanctification just meaning the Christian life, the day-to-day. Yeah. Now that I'm in the kingdom, now that I'm justified and I'm right with God, what does day-to-day life look like? What should it, what should my Christian experience be like, feel like, and particularly around growth? Um, should I wake up every new day and be able to calculate and measure that I've got less sin on Tuesday in my life than I did on Monday? Um, and so, so I kind of want to just uh, riff on that and let you share some thoughts. And then um, I've got some uh, interesting uh, stuff to share from some of our historic confessions, um, mm. just to be able to show that, that our thoughts aren't new modern thoughts that we cooked up in Waco. So, but yeah, just, when I introduced that topic, the idea of the Christian life and in particular sin, remaining yeah. sin in the Christian life, what comes to mind? Thoughts? Yeah. So, so this has all been spurred by uh, Extravagant Grace, Barbara Duguid's book that we recommended a while back. And people are starting to read it and comments are being made on Facebook. And one of the things that folks uh, seem to be either stunned by or more thoughtfully leaning into trying to get the roots of their heart deeper into this soil of God using what he hates to accomplish what he loves, particularly sin still in the Christian. 
because um, let's face it, I mean, if, if God's goal was to rid us of the presence of sin, ultimately, uh, why doesn't it happen immediately? Uh, why uh, do we all still struggle with sin? Uh, now, there are some that think that they can um, overcome that struggle, uh, and that's you know something we could discuss in the future. Um, that's been a long-standing belief and theology in the church since the beginning. Of uh, some have called it perfectionism, some have called it victorious Christian living. Um, it's some usually it's some two-tiered uh, notion of Christianity, some way of uh, we're responsible to activate God in the Christian life. And then what's the activation button? Well, there's as many activation buttons as there are Christians and personalities and denominations and traditions and experiences. And so everybody has all kinds of buttons. Uh, but what's fascinating though, in the tradition that we're coming from, uh, Westminster Confession of Faith, um, John Newton, uh, this book, Extravagant Grace, is kind of expounding that theology, is that God actually, um, well, one of the things I think was very striking <laughs> was when she said, listen, if the Holy Spirit's job is to cause us to sin less and less, then he's doing a lousy job. I mean, that's where the book begins. It's quite shocking. It's, uh, yeah, it's humorous, uh, but it's incredibly insightful, and, and for a thoughtful Christian, who thinks very honestly and thoughtfully about their life, those words could be the beginning of a gospel revolution in their life, mm -hmm. where the gospel out now actually gets pushed into your Christian life, sanctification, and you start looking at, well, what is true holiness? What is true sanctification? What does it look like to really grow in the Christian life? Is it about me getting better and better and sinning less and less, or is there another goal? Uh, is there another reality to holiness that uh, is not about progressive self-improvement? Uh, that is a fantastic question, and I think this book raises that question, and that's where I think we wanted to talk a little bit about that right now. Yeah, I know that's the starting point for I would say most Christians is in terms of the conversation about what does the Bible say about the daily Christian life and sin in the Christian life and growth and holiness. The starting point is just our experience. And yeah. that is that it seems that most Christians at some point wake up one day and they realize that whatever they think about sin and whatever they think about growth and becoming more like Christ whatever they think, what they yeah. do know and what they wake up to one day is, holy cow, I am so far from where I think I should be, where I want to be, where I desire to be. Yeah. I still have so much sin, so much love for sin, yeah. desire to sin. And, um, and, and, and in the wider evangelical world, that is a, um, a very kind of earth shattering realization to have because a lot of the ideas out there, um, a lot of the ideas I, in my kind of very formative Christian years, uh, let's, let's say late high school through early college, yeah. 
the idea was whether communicated explicitly or implicitly, it was definitely communicated that I should be able to really track significant growth um, in becoming more like Jesus where, I mean, I can in some sense see and experience less and less sin, like qualitatively um, or quantitatively, I should say. Uh, And, and more and more holiness. And, um, and like I said, I, most Christians I find wake up one day and they just go, dude, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there might be more sin in my life and I I hate it. I don't want it. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be holy and I'm just having to face the music like that doesn't describe my Christian life. And that's, that's earth shattering. That is like, where do you go from here? Does the Bible offer anything else, any good news? And that's why that book is so like shocking, right? Because you hear, well, oh, okay, maybe, maybe, just maybe the Holy Spirit still is at work in my life, even though I feel like there's, there's more sin than I really want to admit. Yeah, like so, there could be like a, a deeper magic, a deeper work going on, uh, a work that God's doing that is um, not necessarily what we thought it was. Yeah in this area of changing our life, growing us in grace. Uh, what does it look like to become holy? What does it look like to be a loving person and all of that? Yeah. So what would you say to someone if they come to you just in like a pastoral meeting, counseling meeting, if they just said, man, I, I believe in Jesus. I've been walking with Jesus for a month or 10 years. And I feel like I'm recognizing and seeing so much more sin in me than I, I feel should be there. Yeah. Um, what would you maybe say if they asked you the question, like, is God at work in my life? If this is true about how much sin I have, yeah. and if he is at work, Jeff, what do you think he might be doing? <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. So the first thing that we, I, the first thing for all of us, for myself on a daily basis, for, for this person that we'd be talking to is absolutely establishing uh, the sovereignty of God over our lives and our Christian lives, and that what Jesus uh, accomplished was a comprehensive sanctification, so that includes our justification. So he's at work. He's done the work. Now he's at work making it functionally, experientially. Technically, it's called applying salvation, applying what Jesus has accomplished to our life, which is called sanctification theologically. So uh, I would first say, you know, welcome to the Christian life to them. Uh, you've now joined the Christian life, and the Christian life is not about getting better and better. Uh, it's actually about believing who Jesus is and what he's done for you in bigger ways, brighter ways, fuller ways, deeper ways. It's actually going, it's taking the gospel and having the gospel go to the unreached areas of your life, that that's really what sanctification is. It's having the gospel go to these areas that you're beginning to become more aware of because God's making you more aware of. And everyone, uh, uh, Luther says it, Paul says it. Um, I should have said Paul first instead of Luther. <laughs> Paul says it, Luther says it, Newton says it, an extravagant grace says it, that one of the ways that that God is actually, you know that he's at work in your life, is that 
we need more than just being told that we're sinful and told that we need Jesus. Uh, we need to be shown it. And so the school of experience is how God does it. So the things that we actually run from, maybe there's a, a relational conflict that you just keep seeing stuff about you and you're just like, ah, so you avoid the person, right? Uh, where God's actually wanting you to see the stuff that's happening so that you can see what you are and what you're really like and have Jesus and his salvation address that. Um, and so what ends up happening is, is that real sanctification, I would talk to this person, real growth in the Christian life is actually uh, moving outside of you and into another and what he's done in very personal and practical ways. And so that it's called faith by sanctification, sanctification by faith alone. In other words, Jesus and his salvation is going to areas of our life, deeper areas of our life, unreached areas of our life, where we're like, wow, and this is exalting Christ, right? So Paul moves from, you know, uh, he ends his life saying he's the chief of sinners. He says, I'm a wretched man. Uh, and then he ends with, I'm the chief of sinners. Now, obviously, Paul, I don't think was getting worse and worse, but I do think Paul was becoming more aware of him being a sinner. Uh -huh. um, and so what that means then is that the Christian growth is actually growing in weakness and thereby growing in strength in Christ. So it's Christ exalting. It's actually uh, leaning more personally and more um, practically and functionally and experientially into the gospel, Jesus and his salvation in specific areas of our life where we're becoming more aware of what we're really like, whereas before we might not have been aware. And I think that's what is, could be comforting to some folks is knowing, I'd say to them probably right away, so what particular area are you talking about? And then we find out some particular struggle. And I said, were you aware of this area like you know 10 years ago? And generally the case is, uh, it could be like, yes, I've been struggling with this my whole life. And then we would go to Romans 7 and welcome to the struggle, the conflict. Mm -hmm conflict. But in a lot of cases, there's, there's more um, things that are going on in the heart, beliefs that we have, uh, overwhelming emotions that we're experiencing, um, desires that have overrun the banks of our heart and have gone mega and epi. And sometimes we were never aware of that stuff. We were never aware of how self-reliant we were you know, we, we had an idea, yeah, I'm prideful, but now you realize in this particular area of your struggle, there's a real, a real self-reliance that is like obstinate and, um, and hurtful to you and hurtful in a, in a marriage and hurtful in the way you parent. And usually that's what's, be, it's always been there. God's no, God knew it was always there, but now's his time that he's actually saying, hey, let's start looking at this. Let's start addressing this. Let's start showing specific roots uh, to these kind of thorny behaviors and thorny feelings that you're experiencing. And let's bring the gospel there and let's start seeing some healing or sanctification in it. Yeah. Who would have thought that sanctification in the Christian life might have something to do with me looking at Jesus more than myself, right? Yeah. A lot of times yeah, we yeah, that. Yeah. It's amazing. We right. talk about sanctification a lot of times in kind of more black and white um, black and white, but just more like kind of, you know, obedience issues than are typically obedience kind of yeah. 
the external, um, you know, the conversation starts to get even more biblical when we start to actually talk about our heart and really start getting to the core of it. When we start talking about faith and, uh, and looking to Jesus, I think a lot of times the assumption when we come into the Christian life and, and do good talks about this in her book as babes in Christ, I think maybe Newton called them. Yeah. We just kind of think, like when we come into the Christian, uh, the kingdom, when we're justified, that God has essentially eradicated like 99.9% of sin. Right. You know, it's like this Lysol, like 99.9% yeah. of all viruses. And yeah, yeah. But there's like a little bit there. Um, and but, but faith is not, definitely not the problem. And then we start to learn, oh my goodness, I've got way more sin than I realized. And oh my goodness, it, it's not just like, oops, I said the wrong word, but oh man, it's like in my heart. And yeah. then, oh, Wow. Maybe this like kind of is that I just, I honestly trust myself in this area more than God himself, you know, Uh, more than Jesus Christ. Like I, I just, I trust myself with money and finances more than I do Jesus. You know, know for me, I know for me personally, what, how the Lord got a hold on me in this particular area of sanctification that we're talking about was actually looking at he started showing me my motivations for the good things I was doing, my motivations for doing ministry, my motivations yeah. for uh, serving and, and ministering and loving people. And that it was radically um, discouraging, let's say, yeah. <laughs> to realize that right. all these, these obedient, good uh, things that I was doing in my life from praying and reading the Bible and doing evangelism and uh, discipling people and going all over the world was actually looking at the motivational structure behind them and being absolutely discouraged that, Oh my word, I was doing those for self-seeking reasons. I was doing those for self-justifying reasons. I was doing them because, you know, I'm obsessed with being important and being great and uh, making a name for myself, just like the Babylonians and just like the Tower of Babel. I'm like, holy cow, you mean you can, you can do holy things with a hellish heart? I could not get over that. Yeah. And so the gospel can only go to the hellish heart and restructure it so that you actually are, are doing things in a way that uh, is has a heart of love, has a heart of gratitude, has a heart of resting and relying in Jesus, and just has a heart of doing it for its own sake and for people's own sake, and not for my sake. Yeah, uh, that was yeah that that was eye opening for me. So I pulled up just just because you know some people may come uh, to you or me and hear these thoughts and be like, oh, is this some like novel idea? So. Again, this is in th- this kind of uh, thinking and theology is in the Westminster um, Confession of Faith. In the Belgic, you and I, we used this in our liturgy like a long yeah. time ago. But um, the Belgic Confession, written hundreds of years ago, uh, talking about original sin. This is so fascinating. Talking about original sin that you know yeah. we're born in sin, dead in sin. It says it's so vile and enormous in God's sight that it's enough to condemn the whole human race. But then it says, and it's not abolished or wholly entirely uprooted, uh, essentially at conversion when you become a Christian. It's not totally abolished. It's not totally uprooted. And then it says this. This is wild. It says, seeing 
that sin constantly boils forth as though from a contaminated spring. Nevertheless, it's not imputed to God's children, um, but we are forgiven. We live by grace and mercy. So these guys hundreds of years ago were saying, yeah, sin is like this contaminated spring that we find as Christians is just constantly boiling forth, right? That's the picture of Romans 7, Paul in Romans 7. I keep doing the things I don't want to do. I don't do the things I want to do. It's just, it's not like these isolated battles going on. It is, the the New Testament talks about it as this, this war of the flesh and the spirit. Yeah. And these, these, um, these confessions and these guys hundreds of years ago were saying, yeah, it's this spring that's just constantly there. You can always identify it. You, you yeah. always have this sense of it. And, yeah. and then what we find is that God is in the business of opening our eyes to it. And, yeah. and if we don't have that kind of biblical understanding of God um, at work in our life, mm. if, if our only understanding of God is that, I expect to see less and less sin in my life yeah. because that's what God is doing in sanctification. If that's my only understanding, then when I, when I open my eyes to the this contaminated spring, that's always boiling forth, I've got a real problem because yeah. I don't know where to go. But yeah. if I have a solid built out biblical understanding of what God is doing in the Christian life, what he allows, mm. he clearly allows sin in the life of, of Christians. No one can deny that. We just know that by experience. We know it biblically. And if I know and can trust as I grieve my sin, because these confessions are clear that this doesn't uh, put us to sleep. The idea is not, oh, God allows sin, so it's okay. We're not not ashamed of it. We don't care about it. It doesn't bother. No, no, no. As my eyes are opened and as I grieve it, as it bothers me, as I hate it as I repent of it, I can take heart that, that that's precisely what God is doing. He's opening my eyes to my sin so that I would hate it more and more. And so that I would depend on him more and more and depend yeah. on the blood of Jesus again and again. Oh yeah. I'm not justified by my works. I don't yeah. have any, they're all defiled. Yes. I need Jesus alone. And the more I look to Jesus, repent of my sin, look to Jesus that is the Christian life. It is, as you said, sanctification by faith. Yes. Um, yeah. God is at work. So, I mean, when I asked you, you know, what you would say to that person, I genuinely was asking, what would you say? And I was thinking, um, uh, you, as you said, welcome to the Christian life. Take heart. Like if someone comes to me and he's and is like, dude, I'm taking self inventory and I'm amazing. And <laughs> there's like, Jesus, Paul, and me, I'm finding, this is wild, Colin. Yeah. I'm going to be like, oh, you know. Yeah. God is going to work, and you've got a rough road ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like at those moments, it's like I'm so tempted because I've actually had interactions with folks that maybe not verbally said it, but subliminally (laughs) and in their hearts, they believed it. Uh, I'm tempted to like do something to them to actually see it come out of them in that moment. Yeah. 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 And that's obviously, you know, that's my sinful nature rearing itself as well. Yeah. That's the spring within you, you know? Uh-huh. 
Um, yeah, maybe on a, on a, yeah, on another podcast, we could talk about that dynamic of how do you live with that foul spring? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what does that look like? Cause this is, this is sanity. I mean, for many of us, for many of you may be listening, um, you've lived in a world of spiritual insanity. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a, a workout program that you're interested in. It is absolute spiritual insanity. Um, the world you've been living in and you're wanting to know what's real. Uh, is there a real Christianity? Is there a real view of the Christian life that takes in reality, that takes in the reality that you know about yourself? Um, and if that's the case, I want to welcome you to the Christian life. And we want to welcome you to an ongoing discussion on this podcast about that reality. Yeah. Yeah. Take heart. If that's you grieving your sin more and more, you, you can't figure out, is God at work? Is the Holy Spirit at work? I have so much sin. Take heart. The only reason you think that and you see that is because God is at work, <laughs> because yeah. the Holy Spirit's at work sanctifying you. Um, yeah. All right. That's enough for today, Jeff. Thanks for uh, joining this call. Uh, if you're listening to this, it means the audio and video was good enough for me to post it. Um, otherwise this thing's about to disappear. So, uh, thanks for listening guys. Make sure you subscribe, share this with a friend and, uh, until next time, stay safe. Um, peace out. Peace.